Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to KPC from Slick Business in lovely Cornwall. Now, when this podcast episode comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you're all alone, thinking, well, it's all right for K, but that stuff wouldn't work for me. So if you've got questions and you're wondering how this stuff applies to your business, come and join us in our free Facebook group, the Email Marketing Show community. You get to share whatever it is that you are working on with your email marketing and get stuck into the training and resources that we have for you as well. All you've got to do, go Go to Facebook. Let's face it, you were already there, weren't you? Somewhere on a browser tab, somewhere far, far away. Go and grab it. Search for the Email Marketing Show community or hurl open any web browser like Chrome or something and search for and go to robinkennedy.group. It will forward you straight over to our Facebook group. He flippin' loves to watch programmes about buying and renovating houses. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he once chased his luggage around Trinidad for 14 days. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. Huzzah! That sounds like a shit holiday, mate. <laughs> it was the worst game of chase me, chase me! <laughs> what, 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 what happened exactly? I was flying into a cruise ship gig and I got on at Trinidad and they were like, oh yeah, your luggage is definitely here. Get on the, get on the boat, ship. And I'm like, hello, can I have my luggage? They're like, oh, it's not here. For the whole 14 days, it was in Trinidad, and I was no longer in Trinidad. It's amazing how many times you can turn your pants inside out. Uh, renovating houses? Shall we have a little conversation yeah, about that? Yeah, I mean, can't do it. I know nothing about interior design or decorating or anything. I just like watching other people who can do it do it. Okay, okay. So, like, like all these, like, ooh, I've got this crap heap of a house, and look, it's beautiful now! Yes. But the only problem is, I get sort of uh, ADHD with it. I look at all these lovely things and look at somebody with a dark style or a light style or a bright style or a different style or a art deco style and one of these styles, and I think, God, I just don't know which one I like. I don't know which one I would pick. There's too much choice. Is that why you've got no style? I've got no style. That's why I've gone for this. <laughs> Hello, this is the show where we give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode all together now every email marketing Wednesday. Just stop it, mate. Stop it with the email marketing Wednesday. It's just Wednesday. It's just Wednesday. <laughs> if you haven't already, if you're brand new to the show and you haven't already hit subscribe on your podcast player, do yourself a massive favor. Hit subscribe on your podcast player, basically. Otherwise, you'll miss out on, a show, on an episode of the show. We just don't want that. Now, one of the questions we get asked all the time is what email marketing platform do we use and since 2010 in both of our individual businesses and this one uh, we use keep which means we've got like five accounts with them at this point uh, right now uh, keep is a really cool sales and marketing automation solution it includes a crm for like keeping track of where your potential clients are and clients are and stuff invoices payments scheduling and much more we're particularly fond of how the email marketing component works and we're pretty sure you will be too keep allows you to create really intuitive email automations you book a appointments with potential clients send great emails it's all under one roof and sms stuff as well they're sponsoring this show so we've hooked you up with a 14-day free trial all you've got to do is head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash keep today and give it a whirl give that thing a whirl kpc's on the show hi k hi guys how are you doing today very good well. lovely to have you with us Thank you very much. So tell us, in case anybody here hasn't met, uh, who we affectionately refer to as Auntie Kay, um, who, what is it you do? What is your business? 
I am on a mission to teach the world how to use Active Campaign, or at least the part of the world that uses Active Campaign for their email marketing and automation. Um, so my business is called Slick Business, and that's what I do. I love it. I love it. So um, how do you actually deliver that? So anybody who's using the use an Active Campaign platform, they've got problems and stuff. How do you actually do that? Do you set things up for them? Do you? Uh, how do you do it? I used to set stuff up for people and then I realized I could not possibly meet the number of people who need active campaign help doing it that way. And so I've gone for one to many. And so I started out doing courses and now dun, 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 I have a membership for active campaign users called the Active Campaign Academy, which I am thrilled about. I love it. This is very cool. Now, obviously, you've been helping clients for, as you said, for a while before you started selling at scale with courses and your membership and stuff. Obviously, you were helping them with their email marketing and all of that and building automations and things. But at what point in your journey as Kay from Slick Business did you get started actually doing email marketing for your own stuff to sell your own services? This is such a good question. And it's kind of embarrassing, right? Because it's much, much later than I think people would guess, right? <laughs> so I had, I started, I did start collecting emails a long time ago, but that was mostly because Melissa Love from the design space nagged me into submission and made me start collecting emails. Um, but, in, but it took me probably four years of having a dormant email list until I started actually emailing them. So it was wow. only a year ago. Wow. So you've, you've sort of been doing it for yourself for like, for like a year. And what do you think was, and what do you know was your biggest barrier to actually get in start with the stuff that you already obviously knew was really important? What stopped you? Fear. Fear. Of, fear Cold of what? fear. Straight to the heart. Fear. <laughs> what were you afraid of? Looking back, looking back at it now, I honestly kind of don't know, but I know at that time I was scared to speak. I was scared that people didn't want to hear from me, which is ridiculous, right? Because they've signed up to be on your list. I get that. But somehow the paralysis of not knowing what to say, just it froze me, rabbit in the headlights. Even though I was helping other people write their emails like daily in my work, I couldn't do it for myself. Did you think there's like an additional added pressure that you're the person who's supposed to be really good at this and therefore you're like, well, if I'm going to press send, this shit better be really good? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, definitely yeah, so that, that. that expectation. And do you think that expectation was more of yourself than it was of actually your audience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As soon as I, start, as soon as I started to break through that barrier and started emailing, I was very well received right from the beginning. But I, I think there was an additional factor for me, which is that I used to write very formally because I was trained as a teacher and I was also a proofreader for an exam board. And when you do stuff like that, you're trained. It's like beaten into you to write in this very stilted pompous formal way yeah. and it actually took me a really long time and a lot of interventions to get me past that and and i think until i got past that it, it was a real thing like my emails were actually really quite boring and horrible the ones that i did send which was very few on that note then let's dig into this so you start doing email marketing uh, not immediately inside the league i don't think so let's talk about what email marketing looked like for you before you joined the league before you started using sort of our approach to it and that kind of thing what 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 did it look like Okay, so it was a very sporadic now and again campaign email um, when I managed to just sort of 
pressure myself into hitting send on something and actually sending people something. Um, and then it was stuff like welcome emails. So automated emails that would go out. If someone signed up to my free course, I could send them an email, but it was just one email that said, welcome to your course. Here's your login. Mm. And then tumbleweed, nothing. Nothing. So you weren't, you weren't making any regular contact at all. Were you, were you even announcing new stuff you were working on or anything like that? No. No, okay. I was I was actively keeping a low profile at that point. Um, this was my <laughs> excuse. This was what I told myself was that I couldn't actually email my list because if I started emailing my list, more people would ask me to do consultation work for them and I couldn't take any more, on any more clients. So therefore, it made perfect sense to me to never email my list. What an ah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, it, sound, it sounds lovely. It does sound so, like a really um, logical argument, I have to say. Like, I know you, it, I know, it I know you like think it's totally sensible I think you know at the it's time. weird now, but at the time, I can see why that seemed sensible. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Okay, so what was sort of happening as a result? Like, you were already pretty full up. Like, you had a lot of clients. That was okay. That was your reason for not wanting to, to email. That makes logical sense on the surface. That's fine. What was actually happening as a, as a result of, okay, people are joining your email list because they're finding out that you're great, and then they go through a welcome email or two, and then would people just remember? Like, what, what would actually happen in reality? Well, that's such a good question. Um, I think it got better once I started a free Facebook community because then I was yeah. interacting with my audience my people found me in there i did manage to email them and tell them that i was doing that and so i had a means to communicate with them it's almost like they wanted to hear from you isn't it almost as if, <laughs> almost as if. I, I had to be pretty much bullied into doing that as well i'm like the most reluctant person um i would much rather have continued to answer everything for free everywhere um than than, than ever start emailing people and asking them for anything I, th- I don't know maybe it's a british thing maybe you wanted to be homeless <laughs> Maybe I just never wanted to make any money. I don't know. I still haven't quite unpicked what was going on there. So what happened, What the, the consequence that was the most significant for my audience who were on my email list was that they'd signed up for this amazing free course. And it is really good. They'd sign up, get the welcome email and the login and then nothing, right? So there was mm. never anything to say, dude, you've got this really cool training. You could go and do it. It will answer your questions. And so it was sucking up so much of my time, signposting people back to it from mm. other places and saying, dude, you've got a course, go do it. It's really good. Mm. No, that makes a lot of so sense. So what was the very first change that you made? You came into our world and you started seeing what we were doing. What was the first thing you implemented? The very first thing was the get to know you sequence. That's the welcome sequence, isn't it? Yeah, the welcome get to know you. Who am I? What do I do? Why should you care when I email you? Yeah, and and so what happened as a result of you adding that in? What kind of what kind of impact did that start to have? Mm, good question. Okay, um, so I built in segmentation from that yeah. point onwards um, yeah. because I'm always telling everyone to do that. So I figured I should actually start segmenting my own audience. Yeah. So I was taking a survey and that, and that immediately meant that I knew more about my audience and was able to immediately signpost them to the stuff that I did already have in place that would help them quickly. So it started delivering quick win- quick wins mm-hmm. for people. Um, it started conversations. I think that was my favorite bit actually was mm. when people started replying and they were yeah. in my inbox connecting with me one-to-one. It almost feels like I had this invisible army of fans and, and people who liked what I was doing, but I wasn't really hearing them. And so for me, getting them in my inbox, replying to those, just those first, what, what is it, four or five emails? 
um, and and being excited to be there and sharing that excitement with, it gave me a huge boost um, and it helped them find the stuff they needed much more quickly. It's like a self-fulfilling cycle, isn't it? Like you, you, you have these four emails that people get when they first join your email list, which obviously you get, usually get to know your sequence from inside the league. And that those replies then give you more confidence, more permission, more information that helps you to then have the confidence and the content and the permission to do the next bit of the sequence, right? That is so true. And that's exactly how it rolled out for me. And honestly, that's exactly what I was looking for from from joining the league. If I remember rightly, you took the getting to know you sequence, which is not, and modified it slightly so that it could be used with your existing subscribers. That's true, isn't it? Yes. So yes, you it took is. your list of. I'm glad you've remembered. So you that. took your list of however many people there were, and you ran this to them first, which is obviously normally what we do is we just put it in place, and then all new subscribers go through it. But you modified it slightly, yeah. not not a lot, I don't think, so that it would work for your existing subscribers to sort of say, "Hey, remember me," <laughs> um, and what that, and then you started getting replies. So what I, th- I think it's just the the reason for me bringing it up is really the fact that. We talk a lot about the fact that people already have a list, whether it's got 10 people, 100 people or 100 million people on their list. People have a list of whatever size they've currently got. And a lot of the time, there's a lot of gold, both money and emotional stuff hidden in the list they've already got. If you just turn it upside down and shake it a bit, uh, that's what can happen. And effectively, that's what you got. You got that first burst of confidence and, oh my God, people like this. I've got this little invisible army of fans from the subscribers you already had, never mind the people you were bringing in. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, and, and it was, I've, what always surprises me about this is how absolutely terrifying I found it to make that sequence start, to actually put my contacts into that automation and start that rolling. I think partly because I was putting a big chunk in all at one time. You know, I put, what, uh, 1,200 contacts into that? Um, and there was that fear of losing people which I talk people out of all the time. I'm like, if these guys don't want to hear from me and they should not be on my list. It's really simple when I say it to someone else, but it's really hard when you have to do it for yourself. Uh, And I find that aspect of it really fascinating. But I think it is amplified if you are doing it for a whole chunk of contacts at one time, the fear of something going wrong, especially when, like you guys were saying earlier on, you know, I'm meant to be really good at this stuff. I am really good at this stuff. So if I make a mistake on something like that, I'm going to get challenged on it. Yeah, and I think no matter whether you've got 100 or 1,200 subscribers or 12,000 or 12 million subscribers, that's still a lot of people. Even 100 people is a lot of people to cock it up in front of. You know, you don't want your first gig to be in front of that. There is a level of of braveness, being brave. I don't know what that word is. Of being brave. Bit of bra- bravery, 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 bravery. bravery. You know, your brain just doesn't want I to play. Bra- That's what's I had happening. Bravery, right so I was fairly close. I did. I had bravery as well. And I thought I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm rolling anyway. my eyes at these two now. <laughs> of bravery involved in 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 hitting that go because the same for us. Yeah. Like when we put a new campaign together, when Rob's about to like pop everybody in, I know he's just gone through that campaign another ten times, going and then they do this and then that happens and then it makes a decision and then like a gazillion times just to yeah. make sure. So speaking of like, I want to talk about results and talk a little bit more about the results. Your first result was like people were starting to reply to you and people engaging. You realize there's actually real human beings who care, who have feelings, who are like, yeah, okay, you're great. Email automation. Yeah, I want to hear about that. That's great. 
But then you've done some other really interesting stuff since then. You've done um, an awesome launch. Have you got a membership where you help people with their email automation? You've got um, you, you've done webinars. Like, let's talk about the kind of results you've been able to generate for your business. Because, I mean, we're really proud of you. That's why we've asked you to be on the show. Oh shucks! Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm proud of me too because it wasn't yeah. easy, right? No, it's not easy. <laughs> it's simple. It's not easy. It's simple, yeah. And, and you know, uh, I think when I very first joined, I said to you, like, I'm the master of the technical stuff. I can, do, I can make anything happen in Active Campaign. I can teach anyone to do anything with Active Campaign. But it's finding that courage to take the first steps and get the flywheel spinning. Like you said, that, that sort of uh, positive feedback loop where you mm-hmm. start emailing, you start being more yourself in your emails, you start connecting with people and that feeds you, feeds your confidence. And then you can start to do the stuff that you really wanted to do all along, which is to get these results, right? So you can grow your business. But first, I think you have to get over the fear barrier first. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. So let's take a look at what you were able to achieve then. So you, you did a, this great launch, your webinar as part of that, I think. Yeah. Um, it was all together. What happened? What did you do? Uh, so I ran a, a launch for the membership, um, and it was terrifying because this is, this is my main mission. This is my heart on the line here mm-hmm. and everything Absolutely. I've been working towards for a really long time. And so I had a lot of support from various people with how should I frame up this launch? And we decided to go for a live webinar model. So I ran three live webinars in the space of a week that were to, uh, to pitch the, the membership launch, basically found a price and all of those things. But really, I was starting from nothing. I had to do a lot of education on what I was offering and why it mattered to people and how it was going to help them because there isn't someone else doing this in this way at all. So we had to do a lot of back-end work. So uh, we ran some, it was the webinar campaign. I forget what you call it in the membership. You can correct me if I've got that wrong, but it was like a webinar registration campaign. Yeah. Um, And I I just had no idea where it was going to go in terms of numbers. So I ran this, uh, the registration campaign got me 20% conversion from my list. Come on. That's incredible. That's amazing. Well done. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. And I had not at that time been emailing like daily or anything like this. This is not like a super warm list. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was terrified to do it because suddenly I'm emailing them every day, which I had never done before. Yeah. I've never done it before, and I was really scared about that. So I'm in their inboxes every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got 20% registered. Of those, this is this is the bit I really love. Of the people who registered for those webinars, 70% of them attended live. Wow. By using that show up sequence. Because obviously getting 20% yeah. of people registered is great, but if nobody bothers showing up, Oh, man. That show up sequence, I was blown away by how well many done. people showed up live for those webinars. Well done. And then the ones who didn't show up were asking for the replay. (laughs) Absolutely. Begging for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the replay played a part then in the the launch sequence. So this ran for about 20 days total from the first webinar live going out. We ran with Columbo. Yeah, I think I came Columbo to one of campaign. your things yeah. and you said, right, let's put together Columbo and Time Lord, which at the time I had no idea what that meant. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Do, I'll go do that. So it was very trusting you guys at this point. And the Columbo, so the Columbo ran straight after the, the webinar sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and the total conversion rate then was, in, was just incredible. 60% of the people who turned up to the webinar purchased the membership straight out the gates. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is great. I well was done. stunned. Well and, done. And, and out of my whole list, so this was with the, the, the Columbo and then the Time Lord, the total conversion was 8% of my list. Wow. 8% of your entire list joining your membership. And this yeah. is during the launch. This is it. Launch brand new. No one's ever tried it. Yeah, no, you know. no particular social proof around this particular product. I had a little bit of social proof because I'd had my beta students in. Oh, yeah, perfect. That's a, that's a good tip, though. Like, run a, yeah. run a beta. Uh, yeah, so I'd had, uh, I think, 12 or 13 beta students who were amazing. And yeah. we'd been working together for, like, three months, mm-hmm. get, knocking the membership into shape according to their needs. Because I'd mm-hmm. realized that I'd been going around in the wrong way. I'd, made a, I'd been making stuff that I thought that I knew people needed or I thought they needed. But it wasn't what they were asking for or how it was going to work for them. So the beta people were absolutely pivotal to this to to getting it right and then being able to communicate that well during those launch emails it's great it's so so yeah. good it's so so good i'm interested uh, did you have kind of goals set for the launch and then either exceed or underperform them did you just are you not a goals person and thought i'm just going to do it and see what happens oh man I, I am so not a goals person but lots and lots of people were absolutely adamant that i had to do goals and at this point i was feeling the fear so much that i was trying to really just trust the people around me who i have come to trust so i was trying to like you know really invest in that okay three people who I trust have told me to set a goal so i'm going to set a goal so i think i'd set a goal that I wanted to do I wanted to have 50 founder members from the launch um we got 25 members during the first hour like (laughs) during the first (laughs) webinar while I was still live Uh, I came off the webinar and cried (laughs) mm. like out of excitement and adrenaline and then by the end of day two we had 50 plus um and then we hit 100 and then I think we closed out at 130 during the launch. Well done. It still well makes me done. emotional now because I'm so mm. happy about it. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it makes us emotional. We honestly love this stuff. Um, I think going back to a point I sort of raised earlier, I think most of this most of this stuff came from your existing audience again, right? Whether that was in your free Facebook group or whether that was on your list, you weren't plowing like ads into this or affiliates particularly. Like that, is that true or is that wrong? There was a little bit of ad money, but not a huge amount. And I hadn't been running Facebook ads previously, so it wasn't a warmed up Facebook ad account. It was very challenging to get delivery in those circumstances. So we did a bit, but it was more about retargeting existing audience than anything else. I didn't have an affiliate in program in place at that time. um, And I wouldn't have wanted to uh, because it's still too new. I don't think it's fair to involve affiliates at that point in this scenario. Um, But what I did have was tremendous uh, recognition and respect from the active campaign user community mm-hmm. and, and some very influential people who really went out of their way to say, dude, this is happening. If you are an active campaign user, you want to be there at this live webinar. Yeah, and great. that made a huge difference. Getting you know, so like surrounding the market is uh, yeah. is just really good. So so I mean, now looking back at your tra- your your transformation, if you want to call it that, you know, from being this fearful person with twelve hundred people on her list, afraid to to email, to now having run. You know, you've got a get to know you welcome sequence, and then for this, you ran two of our campaigns from inside the league. How do you sort of feel about your email marketing now? Oh, I'm just I'm dying to get to the rest of it. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm so excited about it, genuinely. So um, I, I think for me, I've, I see it as there are two fronts on the email marketing side of thing. There's the regular emails that go out and then there's uh, special campaigns and automated emails. I've got so many things that I want to do, but, but what's changed for me is I'm really excited 
to get to everything. And now when I write my weekly topic emails, I'm telling stories. And oh my God, it's like I found a vocation or something. I'm having so much fun doing that. I would never have thought that I would have fun writing my marketing emails. I just didn't <laughs> see that as an option. And you know, now I'm getting emotional. I think there's going to be people yeah. listening to this who feel exactly the same way. So for those people listening to this, what one action, what one thing would you say has had the most impact? If, if they can take from this and do one thing, what, where would you recommend they start? You need to find a way to unlock your inner weirdo somehow. <laughs> we did that years what do you, what ago. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, I can tell you guys are way past that. Genuinely, it's really weird, but I there's something about the continuing messaging, and I know you guys are always talking about this. You have your key message is often about telling stories and being yourself and being human, and I have heard that message now from you so many times, and I've got a little bit braver and a little bit braver and a little bit braver every time I write an email, and I feel like I've suddenly hit my stride with it during probably just the last months, even since the launch. So it's a mix of confidence and also your messaging and seeing it done lots of times but it's mostly about the confidence of just letting your inner self out into your words and your emails and actually when you start doing that they just come out and it's easy and people are loving it but with all this stuff you've been doing, it's easy for someone to believe that email marketing sort of ends up taking over your life. It ends up being the thing you do all day, every day, doing your own email marketing. Do you feel like, because now you're a fanatic about doing email marketing and you're loving it and really enjoying it, and of course the great results, do you feel like now it's sort of taken over your life and sort of taken up too much of your time? Not at all, no. No, if anything, I'd like to carve out more time to spend on it because I know I've, I've seen what it can do now and I've got the hang of it a lot more. And so I'm keen to spend more time on it. What I do is I block out, um, I think I have just a couple of hours a week where I, because I run in weekly topics, I don't email daily at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so for my weekly topics, I block out a couple of hours every other week and I try and batch it now as well. And I'm having more fun doing that than I was before. So I'm about to run a whole sequence um, themed around my car and okay. email marketing. There's a surprising number of connections. And I think I'm up to week seven so far in my planning. Love it. I <laughs> and love I'm, it. I'm just, I'm excited to go and write these stories. But each story only takes a short amount of time to write. And it's a pleasurable part of my week. I love that. I, I mean, really, such really a, love such that. a so, transformation, isn't uh, it? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. So we get people all the time who say, well, this is great. And this is great for you, Robin Kennedy. And it's great for Kay. And because she teaches, you know, marketing automation, active campaign, that sort of, that has email as part of it. And it's okay for you guys. But I sell teddy bears or lollipops or cat toys or, you know, whatever it is they sell. This, this won't work for me. And so we, we combat this all the time. But just in your words, what would you say to people who say email won't, won't work in my business because for some reason? Oh man, well, I don't know about you guys, but when I go into a shop or a store, anything like that, I like to have a conversation with the person who's selling me something or who I'm thinking about buying from. And those conversations are about all sorts of random weird stuff. Ooh, look at that bloke over there. He's wearing a different top today that I have, you know, I like that. Where did he get it from? We have these conversations all the time in our daily lives. Why would we not have them over email? It's it's so true. The, you know, the common ground we find is usually outside yeah. of the thing we're, we're doing. If 
If someone wants to hear more about you and what you're doing, where should we go to find out? I am at slickbusiness.co and that is where you'll find links to the trainings that I have on offer and blog posts with all sorts of lovely juicy information about ActiveCampaign. Love it. Okay, now time for this week's... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. That was a weird thing. I didn't didn't really rehearse that. That wasn't even funny. What have you got for us for this week's subject line? This is my favourite one. It was actually this week. Okay. (laughs) And I I was sort of gleeful with excitement when I wrote this subject line, but then I had the fear and I almost didn't send it because I was a bit scared because it was a bit weird. Mm -hmm. But like I said, channel you're in a weirdo. This is the win. Okay, so the subject line is, I got the rage at the Christmas cheese shop again. (laughs) Okay, what was the... uh, I mean, that's a really intriguing subject line. What did you go on to talk about? Like, how did that sort of manifest itself, I guess? Well, it hinged around the fact that when... It's about telling people which email they used in conjunction with your business. This is the lesson point. So basically what happens is I go to order the Christmas cheese and I get in such a flap about which email I need to use to log in that it takes me far longer than I've got. I get distracted. I either don't order or I make an absolute howler when I'm ordering, like ordering twice the amount of Christmas cheese that I should have. Or last year's special, this actually happened. Our Christmas cheese arrived on the 21st of November (laughs) instead of the 21st of December. Oh, well done. So I'm literally, I'm sitting here at this very desk. The door goes, here he is, the guy. He's got a massive box of Christmas cheese. This is expensive cheese, right? And I've just ordered it a month early. Oh, no. Oh, my God, it was embarrassing. My husband was mad. My kid was like, Mum, what's the matter with you? (laughs) You idiot. And it was all because I'd got in such a flap trying to order the cheese because I couldn't figure out which email I was supposed to log in with. And now I've got three different accounts with the cheese company. And ah! So the moral of the story was around um, if you want someone to go log in um, or fill out a form, you need to pre-fill their email. If you can, get it filled in for them before they even click through, or at least show them in the email itself which email address they use with you. That's it. It's a really, really good tip. And it, I mean, just such a good subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Thanks so much for joining us, Kay. This has been amazing. Uh, folks listening to this, if you've enjoyed this episode and I know that you have, make sure you take a moment to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. And you know other business owners who are just like you because business is a team sport, which means you'll have met them at events and in Facebook groups and that kind of thing. So share this stuff on social media. Let other people around you know what they can be doing to get amazing results like Kay share this episode that's it for this week we'll see you all next week thanks Kay cheers guys